whatever it is for you as you're watching this, maybe the middle of the night. Right. It is uh, about noon right now here. Which middle of the night's not bad. I remember, uh, boy, I guess it would be back in the 80s, one of the Christian uh, TV stations, networks, asked me to if I'd be interested in doing a television show. <laughs> yeah. I thought, well, yeah, I guess, okay. It not cost me anything. So, so we did for a couple of years. Well, one of the years we did on location in Knott's Berry Farm. Yep. So everything was kind of, in fact, you can probably find those somewhere. I don't know where. We'll see if we can figure that out. But I remember being out there in my red sport coat with my red shoes and my Steinberger cool guitar and standing in front of the roller coaster at Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, but one of the things that happened with that show, I, I remember asking one time, because pe people would come up, not many, but they, oh, I saw your show. And really, but they would say, yeah, it was, I was up late. I was about, I think it was about two in the morning. Yeah. So I'm thinking, what are they showing this thing? Two yeah. in the morning, what's, what's the point of that? And then I started getting these letters from people, uh, street people, people who were night people out doing whatever. They'd come back and crash in some little seedy motel. And uh, I just flicked the TV on and there's this guy with a guitar mm -hmm. singing. And it was really interesting how the Lord used that. Yeah in the wee hours of the morning to get to people that I would have probably never otherwise, they never would have come to my concerts. They didn't know who I was. They weren't into Christianity, Christian music, but because they were creatures of the night and would turn on the TV at two in the morning and see what was on and all right. of a sudden there's music so they'd listen. Uh, God used it as a really yep. effective, interesting tool to, to reach people. So. If, uh, if you're one of those creatures of the night who just flexes on, yeah. <laughs> stay tuned because it's, it's all good news. <laughs> well, today we're talking about Before Your Throne. We've kind of fast-forwarded. This is from the 90s, uh -huh. correct? Yep. And so we've kind of been in the 70s, a little bit in the 80s. Now we're going into the 90s. This project is awesome. And I think Before Your Throne is probably more of a worship song it is. than any other one you've written. Yeah, I was uh, actually wrote that uh, there was a revival going on, not not just at church, but a period of revival in a particular part of the country that had been extended for quite a, quite a period of time. And I went down just to check it out because I knew some of the people that were involved in it. And you hear stories about revivals, and uh, I guess I'm a little skeptical at times. I went down there, it was just really amazing what was happening as far as people getting saved. Mm -hmm. Uh, the community itself and surrounding areas were being affected by what God was doing. And so I went down there several times and they eventually asked me, would you sing a couple songs when you're down here? One night after the meeting that had taken place, uh, and, and I would not in any way say I had a vision or some kind of special dream or anything, but I do remember having a dream and uh, I think it's in Fort Worth, Texas, there's a fountain that kind of terraces down and goes down in, in the ground. Mm -hmm. There's like maybe four or five layers. It's very beautiful downtown somewhere. And that, that was kind of the image I saw. It was like I saw the walls of the church where the revival was taking place. And it was like water just started coming out of the walls, going down the floor, and then started to kind of fill up. I interpreted that. I mean, I just remember thinking, well, that's, that's the glory of God. Was there any biblical precedent uh, reference to such a thing? Well, there is that river that flows from the throne of God. Um, 
and I'm not saying that's what it was. It was just, you know, I, I tend to see things a lot of times, especially when I, I write songs. I tend to work with pictures in my mind, uh, mm -hmm. visual uh, things, and then write, and always careful to check scripture to see if what I'm writing is biblically sound. A lot of times I write from scripture first and then kind of paint the picture with the songs. But this was very much a, a, just a real, very special kind of movie in my mind sort of thing. And I remember getting up in the middle of the night and wrote the song down and I sang it the next night at the meeting. And again, it was one of those kind of special, uh, because it, it talks about being in the presence of the Lord before his throne, the glory of God. We really don't have any point of reference to even understand what that would be like yeah. to literally be in the presence uh, of the Lord. It would be so overwhelming. I remember Leonard Ravenhill, who I've referenced before, lived in the area here. It was a dear friend. And I remember he used to say, because there'd be all these discussions about, well, how should we physically posture ourselves when we worship mm -hmm. the Lord? Should we raise hands? Should we not raise hands? Should we bow? Should we stand? Should we sit? Should we lay down? Should, you know, all that. Yeah. And all valid concerns. But he, I remember he used to say, oh, if we really saw the presence of the Lord, if we really saw who he was, we'd all be flat on our faces. Yeah. We could not even lift up our face. Yeah. So it was kind of that sort of feeling that went into the song, is mm -hmm. this tremendous Some sense of awe. reverence. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think of um, Isaiah chapter 6 when I hear this song, just the... Yeah. the vision that Isaiah had and right. how he couldn't even talk. Right. I mean, just that right. kind of reverence. Uh, you start out the chapter talking a little bit about your childhood and your imagination, which you just <laughs> kind of said as you picture things when you're yeah. writing. But tell, tell us a little off topic, not what they would be reading in this chapter, but just a little bit about your childhood, where you grew up, family. I grew up in St. Paul Park, Minnesota, which is a suburb of St. Paul, Minnesota, Twin Cities area probably about 10 miles south, down along the Mississippi River. I didn't grow up uh, exactly on the Mississippi River, but I had uh, one uncle, one of my mother's brothers, uh, my Uncle Ray, who did live down on, mm -hmm. it was actually called the Slough. It was a backwash of the Mississippi, but it was so big and it went for so many miles that it was like a river itself. So I grew up there. I, I As far back as I can remember, I've loved the outdoors. My parents used to say, that if we were driving someplace, if we were going to a picnic or a campground, that before they had to be careful because before the car stopped, I had the door open, I was out. If there was yep. water, I was going <laughs> to be by the water. If there was woods, I was going to be gone in the woods. Uh, I think there are those who grow up, you know, at some point in their life, they learn to love nature, they learn to appreciate the woods, the outdoors. But then there are others who it's just born in them. Mm -hmm. and, and that was me. I, I can't remember ever, not just literally a feeling. If I saw woods, I wanted to be in those woods. If I saw, especially like out west to this day, if we're driving and there's maybe in Wyoming or Colorado, some of that vast panorama, Montana, one of my favorite states, there's just this feeling, yeah, oh, I want, to, I want to walk to that mountain. I want to mm -hmm. see what's between here and there. I want to see what's on top. I want to see what I'm going to experience, what kind of wildlife, what kind of challenges. That, that, that goes back as far as I can remember. So I grew up with that kind of, Going down to the river, I'd, I'd ride my little uh, Schwinn bike, 24-inch mm -hmm. balloon tire. That bike must have weighed 100 pounds. Those things were so heavy. And now, I, I can't believe that because I'm sure I was probably around 10 years old when my mom would let me, you know, I'm going down to Uncle Ray's. Okay, well, be careful. Well, that was about a yeah. 
I don't know, three, four, five mile bike ride one way by myself, way down the hills, up and down hills yeah. along the river, go down, I'd go spear carp, I'd catch snapping turtles, I'd fish, I just want to see my uncle, you know, and then I'd come back later on. I yeah, wouldn't let, I wouldn't have let you do that. Go, yeah, yeah. see you, Jennifer, take a five mile yeah. bike ride off somewhere. Yeah, well, but different day. Different times. But that's how I grew up, and of course, with my my vivid imagination, I was always, and I think I talk about that in the book. I was, I go down to my uncle's and get in the canoe. I love to canoe and <laughs> go up the river. And but in my mind, there were always Indians. There yeah. were Indians. You know, you had to keep your eyes sharp for the Indians that might come out. Be ever ready. And I just had a wild imagination, a vivid imagination. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. And how that relates to the song is that I don't think we use our imagination enough. I think one of the great gifts that God gives us is the gift of imagination. I think we've become fearful. Oh, I might imagine something that's really not according to Scripture. You know, Scripture tells us a lot about heaven, but there's a lot it doesn't tell us about Mm -hmm. heaven. Scripture tells us a lot about the glory of God, but there's a lot we don't understand. So should we then just mm-hmm. shut down our imagination and say, well, I'm not going to think about those things that I can't have a, <laughs> written out. No, I, th- I think the Lord is saying, oh, come on, come on, think. I think yeah. what he's really saying is the absolute most best you can ever imagine falls yeah. drastically short of how wonderful it really is. Yeah. So I always encourage people because I, I come across some people, I don't think they have an imagination. I don't think it ever occurred to them that there's anything beyond what they can quantify in their own thought processes. I think the Lord wants us to, it's one of the great gifts he's given us. Imagine, think about how, how wonderful, how beautiful. I love to think about the new heaven and the new yeah. earth. Uh, I've said for years, not to get so far off topic, well, there really is no topic here. We're just <laughs> carrying on having fun. But I've said for years, being an outdoor person, I remember sitting in a hunting camp one time, we were talking to a bunch of Christian guys, what do you think heaven's going to be? Do you think there'll be hunting in heaven? Well, it was kind of perplexing. You know, we, yeah, we harvest, yeah, we have harvest animals and beautiful creation. We, you know, enjoy the, the meals that we get from them and the, use the hides. And, you know, I, I, I've never hunted just to shoot things. I've hunted because we use it. And we thought, yeah, but you know, you're killing an animal. I don't know. We, and I said, well, maybe, maybe the big buck deer will walk out in heaven. We'll shoot him. He'll fall over. Then he'll get up and go, Ooh, nice shot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll come back know. later. You can try again. But I, I actually used to say, I don't think heaven's going to be all that unlike yeah. what we know here. Yeah. It's just going to be perfect. Yeah. I look at earth and creation, and I, and I say it this way. At some point in eternity, God sat down. We don't know if he sat down. Might have been, might have stood up. But mm-hmm. I put it that way. God sat down and thought about, what do I want to create? Yeah. I'm going to create something in the next few days. Yeah. What would please my heart? Well, here we have the universe. We have the heavens, the earth, every living creature, every plant. The, I, I love to watch outdoor channels, not just hunting channels, but like National Geographic, and they go to Africa, they go under the ocean. They, and the creatures, the colors. Yeah. the That we're still discovering. Oh, it's just yeah. limitless. And uh, talk about imagination, God's imagination. Yeah. And I used to say, heaven's not going to be all that different. It's just going to be perfect. Higher mountains. Bigger fish, mm-hmm. no limits. You know, well, in fact, best that I can research and study and understand from Scripture. Then with some helps, I love Randy Alcorn's book, uh, just titled Heaven, mm-hmm. where I think he takes a very sound biblical look at 
what heaven might be. And in those areas where scripture doesn't speak, right. he applies logic and he said, well, scripture is silent on this, but if A is true and we know B is true and we know K is true and L is true, then wouldn't it be reasonable to assume right. that this might be true? Mm -hmm. He doesn't put it out there as it is, but again, he stimulates our imagination right. to consider how wonderful this might be. But he strongly makes the case that I always kind of thought, you know, new heaven, new earth, okay, what it talks about going to destroy, you know, the burn up, the, you know, heaven is just going to be burned up. I didn't understand that. But earth, you know, okay, a big fireball and earth is gone. But the actual word is, is more akin to the word raised. Raised as in yeah. scraped off, you know, didn't God say I'll never again destroy the planet with a flood? Well, that would, that would indicate that he destroyed the planet with the flood. Well, he didn't. The planet right. survived. But with the process of the flood, he raised or he scraped off all that was evil. Same word. He's going mm -hmm. to raise or scrape off all the evil, but the actual substance of planet Earth, his great masterpiece, yeah. will remain. It will just be perfect. To me, that's just incredibly exciting. Uh, mm -hmm. Give you a little insight into my thinking. Some of you, oh, that guy's crazy. But there are actually two, three places I've... I've mapped out one. One is an area outside of uh, Raton, New Mexico. It's it's wide open. I know there's elk and bear and great, great country, but I've actually said, Lord, let let me watch over this piece of property in the new earth. Mm -hmm. Now, whether he will, whether it works like that, but that's using my imagination. That's right. supposing, what if that is how it works? I mean, I, I absolutely don't believe, and there's no biblical support for the fact, that we'll be sitting around in clouds playing harps. Right. It's active. And how it's, unexciting oh, that is. yeah. Endless, mm -hmm. inexhaustible, eternal, universal, yeah. the universe. Will we go to other planets? And I think so. Why, mm -hmm. why would he make it if we're not, mm -hmm. at some point, going to be able to actually go enjoy it and explore it? I think it's endless learning. I don't think we'll ever come to any place in eternity or the universe like at the end of a movie that says, mm -hmm. the end. It's beyond yeah. what we can comprehend. So yeah. use your imagination. That's what I did in this song. Just a, a brief moment of imagining. I wrote the song before your throne. But it's it's tied to uh, that whole process of using our imagination. Uh, viewing that as a great gift from God and then yeah. creating from that. Right. Well, and I mean, that just makes me think of when you said sitting around playing harps on clouds. I, I remember being a teenager and thinking... I don't want Jesus to come back yet. I haven't experienced right. such and such. I haven't gotten right. married. I haven't had kids. I haven't, yep. you know, and, and now I have teenagers and, and I think that's probably what they're thinking too. And it's True. natural. It's normal. We're humans. But if we allowed ourselves to think about the exciting things of heaven, rather than just a, uh, it's, it's unknown. We don't think about it because we don't know. Right. Then it would be and we know we're supposed to be storing up our treasures in heaven, but it would be right. unleashing an excitement in us that would then make us think, I can't wait to get there. Exactly. You know? exactly. And Which I think is the perspective that he wants us to absolutely. have. Absolutely. I've often said that uh, that saying, well, you can be so heavenly minded, you have no earthly good. That's never the problem. Our problem is we're so earthly minded, we're no heavenly good. Bible yeah. instructs us, just like you said, set your affections on things above. Don't lamp for yourself treasures on earth right. where moth and... Rust destroyed, thieves breaking in steel. Set your mind on things above. Yeah. This is a biblical perspective. I think some people think it's almost wrong. Oh yeah, I think to so. To imagine what they can't 
quantify or see in black and white, anything that is just the least bit beyond what's in a black and white sentence, oh, I shouldn't even go there. And mm-hmm. I think the Lord is, he, he gave us this imagination. Just the very fact that we have an imagination would logically indicate that we are supposed to use it. Imagination by its very nature is to imagine yeah. that which can't be quantified, that which isn't, that which is not touchable, that which goes beyond our senses that he's also given us. But, you know, if there's another sense beyond the, the ones we know about touch, it's that sense of imagination yeah. to stretch it out there. And I, I, I get a sense of, of God always going, come on, come yeah. a little farther. Think, yeah. think more. more, stretch yeah. your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. So stretch your imagination. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else on this? I... No, that's everything I know and a few things I don't. Okay. But, <laughs> but remember, well, as, as we go through these, we're just, right now we're just kind of using this book and those songs as sort of a, a little bit of a road map to go through these and discuss some things about the songs. But remember, these songs, you can, if you're wondering about it, before you throw them, I don't think I've ever heard yeah. that. Please go to our website, yep, uh, com, and you can download these songs and listen to them. Yes. Obviously, with the book that we're referencing here, Words of Hope and Comfort, in the back of the book is the CD, Songs of Hope and Comfort. So there's, what, 17 chapters, 17 mm-hmm. songs. We've had so many people say, oh, I just love this because I can listen to the song and read the devotional at the same time yep. and engage more of my senses in the process. So that's kind of what we're doing here. Eventually we'll go on to something else. And there's a, there's a lot to discuss because I have a vivid imagination. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. I mean, not welcome. Thank you for joining us. Yes. And hope to see you again soon. And welcome back next time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>